Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, accumulate, invest, and ultimately enjoy more money. Now, talking about more money, um, I want to talk to you about today about the abundance of money and the fact that there is a lot of money around. Now, uh, I recently read that the the, the footballer uh, Salah that uh, tragically died on the way from France to uh, to, to Cardiff City, uh, you know, as you, as you know, his plane went down in, into the ocean and the rescuers gave up on on looking for any uh, survivors. It was him and a pilot. And then, but his family still wanted to look for uh, the, the wreckage and, and obviously his body. And they didn't have the money to, to do that themselves. It wasn't, you know, the government are not, not going to look for it. So they had to raise that money privately. And the, the story is that they within a few days of sort of putting something out on a crowdfunding site, they had managed to raise £300,000 within a couple of days. Now that's £300,000 out of thin air. So where did that come from? It just came, didn't it? People said, right, I'll pledge that money. And they raised the money and they, they sent out some rescuers and they found the, the, the wreckage and the body within, within I think, a day. Uh, so it, it was very fast. But the money was raised really, really quickly. So it just goes to prove that despite what some people say, uh, you know, there's no money around. No one's got any money anymore. You know, there is there is a lot of money around. That three hundred thousand pound is just a drop in the ocean. In fact, there are trillions and trillions of dollars uh, and pounds and euros just milling around in the system, in cash deposits, in in people's pockets, uh, in in people's bank accounts, just waiting to be spent. And that doesn't include what they've saved into pension funds and what uh, venture capital people are holding and hedge funds and and all these. That there are there are trillions of dollars again for people looking for for investment for investment opportunities. These are hedge funds, venture capital funds, all looking for the latest opportunity in which to invest. And you know, every day and every year, you know, thousands of businesses are started up with with venture capital funds uh, and with bank loans and, and 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 whatever. So there is plenty of money around out there, and that's the mindset you've got to have. Because if you're coming from the mindset of, of a scarcity mindset then you're going to think, well, there's no money around. Why would I start a business when no one can afford anything and everyone's broke? You know, because that's maybe what, what the situation you're in. It doesn't mean that everybody else is in that situation. And I've lived through uh, quite a few recessions. And I know that there are people that who, who uh, in that recession will, will lose everything and, and will always be broke. But there are still people that go through those recessions that, you know, they've still got the same house, they're still driving new cars, and somehow that doesn't seem to affect them. So there are people who, who have got money and will always have money, and there, there, there is plenty of money around. So you've got to believe that. Um, people with the right mentality know this. And I, I mean, I, I'm thinking of an example of John Lennon, for instance. Uh, one, I think it was his first wife asked him, you know, for a swimming pool. They had a house and, he, and, and she said, you know, I want a swimming pool. You know, where can we get the money for that? And he just said, I'll write you one, you know, I'll write a song and I'll, I'll, we'll have that pool. And that's what he did. Um, there was, there was a, um, you know, the Harry Krishna movement, another Beatles story, actually, this, this time involving John, John, uh, George Harrison. And when the Harry Krishna movement approached 
George Harrison because the Beatles were, were into that that stuff in, in, in the 60s. And they approached George Harrison and asked him, you know, they, they needed a property in which to, to have a centre. Now, he found them a, a huge house, very, you know, in Hertfordshire, uh, quite near to London, near Bushy, uh, Aldenham area. And he had a massive house with some with a huge amount of land around it, you know, acres and acres of land. And, you know, he, he donated this this property to them and he, he wrote an album. I, I think his album, All Things Much Must Pass, which sold millions and millions of copies. And remember the single, uh, My Sweet Lord, which mentions the Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna in, in the song. Uh, and that, that money apparently was used to help fund this movement. And if you go to that that place, it's uh, uh, it's called the Back to the Aventi Manor. And uh, it's near, if you look it up, Back to the Aventi Manor in Watford, you can visit the manor. And you can see the George Harrison garden. So they still honour George Harrison. Uh, but, you know, he didn't think about for things from a scarcity mentality. I know he had a lot of money at the time anyway. But, you know, th- th- these people uh, don't think in that way. They don't think, well, I'll dip into my savings. They- they'll-, they'll just find the money from somewhere. Obviously, they still donate a lot of money as well. Uh, George Michael, for instance, donated over £10 million of his own money into various charities. He did it quietly. He didn't make a big song and dance about it. Excuse the pun. Uh, but, you know, I also heard a story of a guru in India that needed millions of dollars to fund a new temple. And he was asked the question, where is the money going to come from? And his reply was so simple. He just said, from wherever it is now. How, how simple and how profound that is from wherever it is now. He knew the money was there. And they said, where is it going to come from? He said, from wherever it is now, it will come to me. Now, he didn't just sit there chanting about it. He, they obviously went out and looked for it. He didn't just uh, go, oh, the money will come, the money will come. No, they had to do something to find it. Just like when the Harry Krishna movement came over to the, to the UK to set up, they had no money. They just come with a few guys. I've, I've heard this, I've read this story. And, you know, they, they actually looked for... Uh, the Apple company in uh, Savile Row at that time where the Beatles had an office and they, they just went there. And I, I believe the story is they went and brought some food there. They brought some food and said, you know, we're, we're looking for help. So, you know, they sent their disciples out. Uh, as you read in the Bible, the disciples went out two by two. Uh, so that it's not just about uh, praying for the money or, or meditating on it. They actually do something. So remember that the action still has to, to to be taken. And it's it's all about the, the right level of mindset. That's what I'm talking about. It's money mindset, really. It's knowing that the money's out there, knowing that you can get it. Now, I'll give you another example. Now, in the early 90s, when I, I didn't really have the right mindset at that time, I'd lost a lot of money in uh, through various ventures. And, uh, you know, property prices were at rock bottom. And, and my... Uh, mentality my mindset was probably at rock bottom as well because i'd just been through a rough time it was it was a really bad recession interest rates were high uh lenders were not lending and it, it was a really bad time and experts were saying that the property market would take 20 years to recover which was of course nonsense and you know from my financial background i knew this was nonsense and i, I knew that there were a lot of deals out there in fact, I was arranging mortgages for people that were, were buying properties really, really cheaply. But I had a problem in that I had no money myself. Uh, as I said, I just lost some money through bad ventures and bad decisions. And also the lenders were so tight that they just weren't lending. Uh, you know, you couldn't get the buy to let mortgages that very easily like you, you can nowadays. It, you could get them, but it was very difficult. And certainly, you know, I didn't I wasn't in that position to do that for, for various reasons. 
Um, but I knew that there were certain kinds of properties in, in East London that could easily be turned into uh, five-room HMOs. They had uh, three bedrooms, but one of the bedrooms could easily be split because there was two windows, so that could be split to make uh, a fourth bedroom, and you could use the, the, the living room downstairs to make a fifth bedroom. And uh, these properties were really cheap. Now, I, I knew about this because I was doing mortgages for people who were buying the, these properties and they were making a, a lot of money out of it. And very quickly, they grew from nothing to, to having uh, around eight or nine properties. And they were turning over something like half a million pounds a year from a kitchen-based business where it was just stuff in the kitchen that, that ran that business. Very clever couple. It was a lady and a husband who was a bit of a, a builder as well. So he would go in and do the painting and decorating but it was very light refurbishments. Now these properties were selling for £65,000. I, I still cry about it nowadays. £65,000, they're now worth like half a million pounds. And I knew that these were, were prime deals because I knew but, that by splitting them into rooms, there was uh, a good income to be had from that. And I knew that this particular client of mine was raising deposits within a few months based on the profits from you know, their, their, their portfolio. Now, the problem is it was, was, as I said, I was broke, I had no cash, lending was super tight. So I put together a little plan and approached some people that, that had money and said, look, this is what we want to do. And you know, I've still got that plan somewhere. It's a two or three page, very simple plan. We buy these properties, we, let, we split them into rooms. And, you know, in four or five years time, they would have gone up. And I think at that time I was estimating they'd probably be worth two or three hundred thousand pounds. You know, they've gone up a lot more than that. But I knew that, that the prices were at rock bottom. And... Unfortunately, I approached two or three people and they just couldn't see it. They said, well, you know, I can't really see it. And I didn't quite know how to structure that, that type of deal where you just go to somebody and say, I need your money uh, and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, so basically, I was sort of dis disheartened, disillusioned. So I gave up. And, you know, it, it still grieves me that I didn't push a little bit hard or approach more people and find that money um, and often pass that street and, you know, uh, I, I know that these houses uh, are worth a lot more. And, you know, I always sort of wonder what if, uh, but obviously it's too late now. And now I've got a different mindset, you know, but uh, I, I could raise that money very easily. Nowadays, I would I would make a couple of calls and say, look, we've got these deals and uh, here we go. And I think there will be opportunities like that in, in the coming years. There's bound to be a downturn uh, at some stage. The market just can't keep going up and up and up and up. Now, I'll give you a contrast of, of somebody that did was like me, had, had gone to sort of broke status, but his mind was not at broke level. His mind was still up there. And that was a guy called Jim, Jim Slater. Now, the younger ones of you might not know who Jim Slater is, but uh, Jim Slater in the, the, the 60s was, was, was kind of like a, he would have been equivalent to a billionaire now. Uh, if he was a billionaire or not, I don't know, but he would be equivalent to, to a billionaire kind of status. He owned funds and insurance companies, um, and he was an early mentor to the, the, the billionaire J Sir James Goldsmith, the father of Zach Goldsmith and uh, Jemima Goldsmith. And, and Jim, Jim, James Goldsmith you know, actually talks about Jim Slater. He, he said Jim Slater taught him so much about how to, to become a corporate raider, to buy companies and use the company's shares as uh, the security to raise the money to buy those companies. And then they would break them up and split them into smaller units and sell off parts of the, the business and still be left with, uh, even after you've paid off loans and, and that's what you'd still be left with a, a huge profit. And, and these deals could make 
billions of pounds for people. And Sir James Goldsmith and Jim Slater did this. But the problem is um, something went wrong with one of his funds and there was a bit of a downturn and Jim Slater kind of lost everything. So it was a very interesting story how this guy went from, you know, billionaire to, to nothing. Now, what I've read since is that although he'd lost everything in, in, in money terms, he had not lost his, his mind. He'd not lost his, his money mindset. And what he did within a few years, he'd bounced back and made a huge fortune again. Now, how he did this, he, he approached people and said, look, I know that there's a, there's a property um, downturn. The property's at the rock bottom now. And, and what he did, he got some, some friends together and financed the money to buy warehouses along the river. I, I think Fulham was one of the areas. And he bought warehouses along the river and they converted them into luxury, you know, luxury apartments, you know, where, you know these warehouse style apartments. And he literally made a fortune from that. And, you know, within a few years, his, his, his wealth had bounced up again. Now, isn't that interesting? He he had property ideas. I had property ideas, but he went to his friends and, and got that money immediately. Now, you could argue, say, well, it was all right for him. He had all these friends in the city. But you could also say that he had the, the vision, the foresight and the right mindset to, to do these things and go back to people and say, right, I can do this again. You know, back me up and, and we'll, we'll make a fortune for, for each other. Now, this is why many billionaires and, and multimillionaires believe that if they lost everything today, they would soon bounce back and be back on top. And don't forget, you know, only a few years ago, Donald Trump's, uh, one of his businesses, uh, his whole business empire was in chapter 11 bankruptcy. So he, he, they were saying he was on his way out, you know, but he bounced back, didn't he? And I'm sure that if Richard Branson lost it all today, I'm sure that it wouldn't be long before he had, had you know, be back on top, right? He's not going to sort of lose everything and be on the streets, is he? Now, much of Richard Branson's fortune has been made using other people's money anyway. So, you know, they they, they use his ideas. They, they Sorry, he uses other people's ideas and money and backs them using the Virgin name. Uh, so I'm sure that, you know, people like him would, would not be down for too long if they lost everything. So, so just remember that, first of all, that, you know, if you have the right deal and you have a strategy for making money there is more money out there chasing these sort of deals than there is deals uh, there's there's more venture capitalists uh, out there with money to, to invest in you, you would believe look at look at san francisco for instance how uh, people can go out there and on an idea raise 10 20 million uh, just like that I, I was talking to someone the other day uh, a friend of mine that is now working for it she said i'm working for a tech startup so i'm thinking tech startup in london is it just uh, her and a few people in in a in a serviced office room somewhere no this is a tech startup in bond street with with big offices they're employing 200 people they're kind of a publishing company she explained what they do but i still don't understand it but you know they've obviously raised some serious money they're employing 200 people They've got an office in New York. They've got another one in uh, in Israel. Uh, this is a tech startup. You know, my own son worked for a, a company that was a tech startup a few years ago. Uh, that the, the young guy who'd, who'd raised the money uh, raised something like twenty million dollars to set up a company dealing with gaming platforms, something to do to advertising on gaming platforms. And I saw this guy across the He looked like a kid. The office was like some uh, basketball court where there was lots of playing going on and lots of uh, activities going on. It didn't look like there was much work going on. They have massive drinks cabinets and food everywhere. Uh, but this company is now making millions. Uh, I, I joke about it, really. But uh, this kid went out to America. He raised 
$20 million to set up a, a tech startup. And now it's making millions of dollars per month. It will probably soon be taken over for, for, for you know, God knows how many millions. But so he had the right mentality, didn't he? He didn't just think, well, I've got, I've got this idea, but there's no money around. He knew there was money around. So there is money around. So just have that mentality, uh, that mindset to know that there is an abundance of money out there. So if you have an idea, just go out and get it. So that's all for now. This has been Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 